Uh, good morning. Uh, this is Tom Becknell with the Sarasota Herald Tribune Arts Section, and I'm talking with Jennifer Romanecki. Yes, hello. Jennifer is the president and CEO of Selby Botanical Gardens. Which do you like first, president and CBO or CEO and president? Does it matter? You know, it doesn't matter, but typically it's listed president and CEO. Well, I'm glad we got that. We got that settled. One of the reasons we're here is that, that you, you, you recently signed a, a new 10-year contract with the, with the Botanical Gardens. Uh, why do that, and what does that mean? Well, I think, it, first of all, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that the board chose to, to go in this direction, and I feel very committed to Selby Gardens and to the new vision that we have set out. And I think a 10-year commitment shows that I am all in and that I am here to achieve the new vision as well as the new master site plan that's been laid out. And that's what I'm here to do. So we're stuck with you. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Stuck with me. <laughs> I, was, I was telling my, a friend of mine is a, a sports editor at a paper. And I said, yeah, I'm doing a story on this woman. She's the, she's the head of the Botanical Gardens and she just signed a 10-year contract. And he said, ooh, he says, what if she gets injured? So, I don't want to be on the DL. No, no time on the DL. You've got 10 years to make this right. Exactly. Um, one of the reasons for, for signing this country is you, you've had success here, right? The, yeah. the, the membership is up. The attendance is up. The revenues are up. These are all good things. How, how have you done that? Why is this working so well? What is the secret sauce that you have brought to the Botanical Gardens? So the secret sauce is, is when I looked at Selby Gardens, before I accepted this position, I really saw the potential and the need to engage the community and the, the tourists and everyone who visits Sarasota. And so people would say, I've been to Selby Gardens, it's beautiful, as if they didn't have a reason to come back. So the big shift in our operating model is that we changed to being a living museum. And so the idea is museums create changing exhibits, programs, and events to garner repeat visitation and to broaden their audiences. And so that's what Selby Gardens needed to do. So we shifted to this new operating model of changing exhibits. Right. And And you're talking about things like... um the uh, Mark Chagall exhibit yes. and the Andy Warhol exhibit. Yep. What was the very first one? So the, the very first one was an orchid show, our 40th anniversary orchid right. show, uh, to celebrate Selby's 40th anniversary. And so from there, we've shifted to a model where every fall we do a different orchid right. show, core to our mission, and every February we do a different interdisciplinary uh-huh. art and horticulture show showing the connections between art and nature in a different context. And the program has been phenomenally successful. Since we implemented this new model in 2015, our overall earned revenues have gone up 59%, led by admissions increase of 47%, membership at 60%. So it's just been incredible. Did, Did you ever have a doubt that that would happen? No doubt. No doubt. So there wasn't a magical moment on the first day where, like, you're the new, the nervous theater owner, and all of a sudden the crowd appears. But no, so it, so it worked really well from the get-go. It worked really well from the get-go. And, you know, I, I, I really felt strongly that it would, having, having spent 15 years at the New York Botanical Garden and, you know, been very involved in their operating model there, 
I just thought it was it was a no brainer for this community right. who's so plugged into the arts and culture. And, and they they have programs like this as well. Um, yes. Do you remember the the first time you saw one of these? Was it like this earth shaking thing, or was it a gradual thing that 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 became more popular over time? I'm talking about these these specific so, events and programs. So I think the idea of combining the arts and nature is very exciting and. Right. But was there who 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 do we credit with that, or, or where and when did, was the first time that was done you know, successfully? I think gardens have have always touched on it, and the New York Botanical Garden did a great job of connecting artists who had specific gardens to connect. For like, example, what was the first one you ever saw? Well, probably the the most impactful one was Monet's Garden, ah, um, recreating Monet's Gardens at Giverny. And recently they did Frida Kahlo re- recreating her gardens in Mexico City, and ah. I, and which was great. But I think what we at Selby Gardens have done is sort of go off the grid. And instead of just looking for artists connected to gardens, we are just looking for artists' connections to nature. And it's very surprising what we're finding. Um, you know, almost every artist was inspired by nature at one point or another. Sure. And so it's very exciting to find these connections and contexts with different artists that have never been explored, like Andy Warhol, who no one associates with nature, but actually had a very strong passion for it and right. created 10,000 images of flowers during Rio. Okay. So it's I'm thinking, fun. I wonder, wouldn't it be great if there was an exhibit for next year that you could talk about? And, and pitch to our listeners, you guys wouldn't have anything in mind for next year, would you? Well, actually, we do. What would that be? Do tell. So in February, we will be opening Gauguin, Voyage to Paradise. And once again, Paul Gauguin is a much-studied painter, uh, post-impressionist, who you know has been thoroughly studied, but he's never his life and headed to the South Pacific Islands mm-hmm. toward quote-unquote, paradise. And the tropical collections of the South Pacific Islands are very tied to what Selby has in its collections. And so I think this will be a really exciting, innovative interpretation of one of the most studied artists that is known to man, really, today. Well, last year when I talked to you about the Warhol exhibit, there there were some some collaborators and some programmers. Are these some of the same people you're working with on, on this? Um, we do. We have a number of collaborators, and um, we've had established a really terrific relationship with the Israel Museum in Jerusalem. They've become mm. a fantastic lending partner. They loan to the Chagall exhibit, and they're loaning uh-huh. for the Gauguin exhibit as well. And we're just building up a terrific rapport with different academic institutions who really love the Selby Botanical Gardens name fly around the world. Well. It- it flies internationally extremely well. So Selby Gardens has the world's best scientifically documented collections of orchids and bromeliads. We are known for that. However, this foray into the art world is different and interesting, and that's new. And because of that, we've, we've gotten significant international media attention, like London's Financial Times, the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And so that has helped... I think, for other academic and arts institutions to understand what we're doing and want to be a part of it, really. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm groping for a segue here. <laughs> uh, we want to talk a little bit about you and your background. 
and and you worked in the in the arts in New York City before coming here. And in fact, I, I fumbled the, the introduction earlier. You came to Sarasota from the the New York Botanical Garden, and before that, what had you done in Manhattan? So I always, when people ask me about my career, this is what I always tell them. I I tell them I started out in the visual arts at the Guggenheim Museum. Then I moved on to the performing arts at the Metropolitan Opera. And then I ended up in living art at the New York Botanical Garden. So I think at Selby Gardens, what, what has been exciting and fun is to apply different aspects of all of those three institutions to our operating model um, you know, combining arts, combining performing arts, too, which we're, we're having a terrific time collaborating with all of Sarasota's amazing performing arts groups. Well, I, I, I did cover Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. I haven't seen an opera on the in the garden. We've had opera in the garden. So, Uh-oh. So, Faux yes. pas. <laughs> Go on, correct me, embarrass let, me. Go let ahead. Let me correct you. Please um, do. So we have a terrific program during the run of the arts exhibit, like, recently with the Warhol exhibit. Once a month, we have an evening viewing of the show combined with a performance from a different performing arts group. So we've had the Sarasota Opera, the Sarasota Ballet, the, the Sarasota Orchestra, Perlman Music Program. And then we work with the Oslo, uh, the, the FSU Conservatory on Shakespeare in the Gardens for a full run of show. And it's been really exciting combining all of these disciplines together. It really is doing something immersive and interesting that I think the community and the visitors to Sarasota are really catching on to and enjoying. Right. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember, what's, what's, what's the, the Oslo Shakespeare play this spring? Um, th- it, it will be um, the, let's see, we did, we did much, we, yeah, and we did Much Ado About Nothing. Right. Um, and, I don't know if there is one. This no, there is. Um, I don't know if it's been announced the 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 show, but yeah, there's another run in April at Selby Gardens. Which which one they're doing? Okay, let yeah. me interrupt myself once again. Yes. here's what I'll do. I'll ask you questions I don't know the answers to clearly. Yes, and then I'll stumble around. Tell us a little bit about, a little bit about yourself. You moved down here with your family. Yes, do tell. So um, I moved down here with my family. The reason we could actually make this this kind of explosive move, which I consider explosive because it was nowhere on her, our horizon to move. Uh, my family, we're all from New York, born and raised. And I was approached, approached by a recruiter to come down here. And the reason we were able to uproot and do this is because my fantastic husband, Rob, is, the, uh, is home full time with our kids in addition to the consulting work that he does. But really, he's the primary caregiver to our two young boys who are 12 and 8. And because of that, we could uproot as a family unit and come here. And um, my boys absolutely love it here. They're in the Sarasota schools here. And um, Are you guys all just loving the humidity and the red <laughs> tide? Did you, did you mention that before you all moved on? No. Well, we're not loving the red tide, but we do love it here. And I have to say that um, I, the one thing I was worried about in coming here was would I be able to survive the summer? Because, mm-hmm. you know, how could I survive a Florida summer? But the fact of the matter is, is a, a, a summer in New York is pretty darn stifling. Um, and so the difference here and, and what I love is being at Selby Gardens, there's always a breeze off the bay. The air always moves. And everything in the city is perfectly air conditioned. 
So right. I actually think summer is a is a is a well kept secret for just enjoying the community because it's less crowded and enjoying the beaches and just enjoying the amenities of this paradise that we live in. You've been here three years. I've been here 30 years, and I'm here to tell you that you're exactly wrong about summer, and that is a miserable, <laughs> miserable time, and to pretend otherwise is, is madness, but that's all right. Um, you were telling me that w- when we did the interviews for uh, uh, the newspaper story that uh, last year's hurricane was one of your toughest times at the, uh, at the gardens. Tell me about that. What, what, what did it feel like? So it really, it was really scary for Selby Gardens. I know it was scary for all of us, but in thinking about Selby, um, essentially, Selby, we had been in a master site planning process already, and we knew that our collections were greatly at risk. So as I said earlier, we have the world's best scientifically documented collections of orchids and bromeliads. Right now, they are on the ground in the flood zone in aging infrastructure directly in harm's way. And so we had been planning our site, you know, knowing that we needed to mitigate those challenges. And then along comes Hurricane Irma. And, you know, it was really terrifying. I mean, especially that moment when the bay was sort of sucked out to sea <laughs> and we didn't know would it come crashing back. And we just felt that, you know, our entire collection, our entire, you know, everything that Selby is known for was at risk. We, all, we also have rare books and prints all hand colored dating to the 1700s, mainly of orchids. And so what happened? Don't leave us in suspense. Yes. So what happened is, is, is thank goodness the, the storm did not hit us at the magnitude it was projected. And lucky for us, aside from a big mess to clean up, you know, we certainly, we lost about 12 trees. We had branches down, lots of cleanup to do, but only a couple of panes of glass were shattered on our glass house. And frankly, all of our rare plants and rare collections were were in absolutely great shape. We were so lucky and, and that really just put an exclamation point on our need to act and move forward with our new master site plan, for sure. And this is the master site plan. The number we usually use in the paper is, what, $67 million? Is that right? Yes, and that's for the capital improvements. and Which will include what? Give, if, if, the, readers never, if the, the reader and listener has never heard of this, what are we talking about? Sure. This is a 10-year plan. It's a 10-year plan. And I do want to mention that it, that part of the plan is to preserve our historic structures, including the historic Payne Mansion, which serves as our museum building, and the Selby House, as well as that fantastic Augusta Block Palm Avenue paved you know area there, because that will be a fantastic pedestrian thoroughfare through the heart of the garden. So preservation of our history is important, and then sustaining and taking care of our future. And basically, Selby Gardens was never master site plan to be the public institution that it is today. So it's missing certain amenities for visitors as well as the accommodations we need for our research collections. So the new structures include what we're calling our sky garden, which is a structure that has a sky garden. I forgot about that. I made fun of you last time you said that. (laughs) The sky garden. Okay. Let me run through the bullet points. You guys are going to have a big pedestrian thoroughfare. Yes. Which is what street? Palm, Palm Avenue. Palm Avenue. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a new visitor center. Yes. A new administration office, a five-story parking garage. Yes. And on top of the parking garage is going to be a restaurant. 
That's right. And back, the administration center is actually the plant, a plant research center. So it, okay. will, it will house our collections as well as operational office needs. Right. Yeah. And the restaurant on top of the parking garage? Yes. So the restaurant on top of the parking garage, the idea behind it is that any world-class destination you know, needs to have a restaurant as part of its experience, just like... Yeah, like a Taco the, Bell. <laughs> a Panera? Not a Taco a Panera? Bell. <laughs> uh, maybe a Chipotle. A Chipotle's going up by my house. We could get an extra one of those, no? I, you know, I don't think... What we want is the restaurant to reflect Selby Gardens' brand. and So it would be a nice place to lunch in. Well, is that correct? And we want it to be gardens-based. So the rooftop has an edible garden. It'll be we'll, all salads. An all-salad <laughs> restaurant. Not, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Work with me here. No, it's all right. Not at all. I don't think everyone would love all salads, but wouldn't you like to get a salad or vegetables at the restaurant that were grown at Selby Gardens? I think that everyone uh, would like that. Um, wait a minute. You've only got 15 acres. How, how are you going to do that? Well, so the idea is the restaurant will be on top of the Sky Garden, which right. houses parking. But here's, Sky Garden. Well, here's the exciting thing about the new structures. We will have, our, so what we are shooting for is unbelievable green architecture and sustainable um, kind of operation. We will have the only living buildings complex at any botanical garden in the world, and it will generate net positive energy, which means that we're going to be giving energy back. And that restaurant um, that you're talking about, not Taco Bell, will actually be the only net positive restaurant in the world right now. So this is extremely cutting-edge architecture and sustainability planning that we're doing, also featuring stormwater management, green roofs, all solar energy. Um, so this little th- this phase one of the project with these new structures will be an international model for how these issue- issues can be managed in an urban setting and how they can be done well and, and p- to benefit our environment. And this is, this is the whole near future of Selby. This is it, right? For the next 10 years, this is your focus. Absolutely. And in fact, we, we are pursuing with the city of Sarasota site-specific zoning so that uh, basically Selby Gardens will remain a botanical garden in perpetuity. So the plans we've laid out... As opposed is, to what? A parking lot? A water park? Well, right. Well, we want to make sure... in movie theater? No, yeah. I get it. Right. And well, and the biggest thing is that we, so we want to preserve the oasis Marie Selby left us with. And so by doing these new structures and consolidating our operation, we're going to pick up 50% more green space for this community, which, you know, I think is probably the most exciting aspect of the whole project in a city like ours that's booming to give back that much more open green space i think is just right. wonderful and and the first phase of the of the master site how how far down the road are we looking at when are people going to start seeing things happening well um it, it really will be contingent on the funding zoning and permitting but we are doing everything we can to break ground sometime next year um, that's what we'd like to do. And construction on phase one is about 14 months. And this sky garden, this Babylonian hanging garden, yes. that would be part of the first phase? Yes. So the first phase is the sky garden, the welcome center, and the plant research center, um, as well as preserving the Palm Avenue, Augusta Block, and preserving the Selby House, and working toward the preservation of the Payne Mansion as well.
What about cell B research? Is, how does that fit in with the, I mean, it's not part of the master site plan. What is the future of that at cell B? Well, so basically the, ma- the, the plant research center is everything our botany program needed and more. Um, so really, we've always had the collections, we've always had the talent, but we've never had the proper infrastructure to be, uh, you know, the renowned international research garden that we are. So the Cutting Edge Plant Research Center will just enable the work um, and also allow us to expand the footprint of our work. And we've been slow, as we've been increasing our earned revenues, we've also been investing in our research work. We added a new PhD scientist last year, and we intend to continue to grow the footprint in a sustainable way. So as our revenues and operating model continue to grow, absolutely we'll be investing in our programmatic work for sure. Okay. And after 10 years, uh, all goes well. The, the master site plan is completed. And that's when you take off for Tahiti, like Gauguin, <laughs> or is, have you actually given a thought at, at all to what happens you, after you, the 10 you, years? You know, you I, could run for Congress. You could, you could uh, invent a salad dressing. No, I'm asking what, what, what will happen then? You know, I mean, I think that there's, there's a lot at Selby Gardens to, to be, to, to still be exciting and interesting, even when we fulfill this plan. I, you know, my biggest goal is to guarantee a sustainable future for Selby Gardens. So that, so that not only involves the infrastructure, it also is developing these innovative exhibits that are constantly changing, that are always new each year, and also to develop the, the, the security of the institution's endowment for the future. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done. I, I could see 10 years flying by, actually, for sure. Interesting. Well, all right. I've run out of questions. Tell me what I should have asked you. What did I miss? What did I forget? <laughs> um, I, I guess I just want to say how unique and exciting this community is. I mean, you know, really what drew my family here was, was you know, the paradise that's here, as well as all the unique opportunities. The arts and culture is just unparalleled here in such mm-hmm. a concentrated area. In, in things like development and fundraising... How would you compare and contrast this with, say, New York, working for New York Botanic Garden? You know, is it is it dramatically different or is it the same? You know, what I would say is what's so fantastic about this community is that donors here can really make a tangible difference. The landscape in New York is so large that often, you know, philanthropists who are doing great work, you know, maybe they don't feel the impact that they're doing or see it. And here in this community, I think that people, because of our of our boutique size, which is a strength, I feel it's a strength. Mm-hmm. And just as Selby's size is a strength, um, you know, I think people. The difference here is people can see and feel the impact immediately of of their philanthropy, and uh, you know, it's such a generous community that you know it's amazing. And that's one of your strengths, right? Working with donors, yes. fundraising. What's the secret to that? Please tell me there's a, there's a, a magic, uh, is there a magic <laughs> word or a line that you use? What, how do you do it? How, what, what's your most successful pitch for you know Selby Botanical Garden? I, I'm going to surprise you with what I'm going to say, but Uh-oh. I think the most important thing is actually, even though you know, you know I'm loud and boisterous and talk a lot, a lot 
the most important thing is listening, actually. Uh-huh. Listening to um, the the donor t- in order to understand what kind of impact they want to have. I think that's probably the single single most important thing in in undertaking um, development efforts for sure. All right. Well, good. Well, that that'll be the first uh, the first phase of uh, yes. of your future at Selby. So that's this is a warning to all the <laughs> philanthropists of uh, of Sarasota. Jennifer Romanecki will be a uh, We'll be calling you. Uh, Thank you so much for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. All right.